Don't you put any of that stuff in that I just said? What about Swedish bitters? Hmm. Oh, well then. Are they a secret? Swedish bitters sounds like a South Park character. Okay. Hello and welcome to Refigure, our weekly dive into the arts, culture, tech and diversity. I'm Christopher. And I'm Reefer. This week we watched the hugely acclaimed new HBO series Watchmen starring Regina King and Don Johnson. Big fan. <laughs> Good old Don Johnson. Big fan of Don He's popped Don up Johnson. a couple of times recently, hasn't he? Yes. He used to have his poster on his face on my wall when I was a kid. We also watched the BBC's new three-part adaptation of A Christmas Carol, a very adult, brutal version of the Dickens classic starring Guy Pearce as Scrooge. As Scrooge. Mike from Neighbours. <laughs> as Scrooge. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Have you had a lovely festive week? I think I may be turning into a mince pie. Do you know that this year you've eaten more mince pies than me? I don't doubt it at all. There was a whole thing at my parents' house about whether we should have hot custard or cold cream with our put or nothing or both. And that went on for hours. So I ate all the pies. All right, so what did you think of The Watchmen? Is it just Watchmen or The Watchmen? I think it's Watchmen. I should check because we just, want to get it right. It's just Watchmen. There are people who believe that this world is fair and good. It's all lollipops and rainbows. We don't do lollipops and rainbows. We know those are pretty colors that just hide what the world really is. Black and white. What did you think of Watchmen, Chris? I really hugely enjoyed Watchmen. We came to it a tiny bit later than a lot of people. It had started to pick up a load of critical acclaim and excitement. My feeling was I wasn't that interested in it because I hadn't liked the film, but I really love Alan Moore. But then at the same time, Alan Moore had nothing to do with this TV series and doesn't doesn't uh, like TV adaptations or film adaptations of his work. So it was kind of a very separate thing. It's not a retelling of the original Watchmen story. It's a kind of a loose, weird sequel set in the same universe, but a bit later on in time. And it's set in a parallel universe to ours. The kind of parallel history is taking place. Robert Redford is president and all sorts of different bits of recent history have swivelled round, partly due to a couple of powerful people with superpowers existing. For example, America won the Vietnam War with the help of this superhero in the past. I mean, it was magnificent telly. It was brilliantly made. It told both a very thrilling exciting parallel universe slightly sci-fi superhero type story but then beneath that the bigger story the more important kind of core of it beneath that was looking at the history of race in America through a fresh lens and telling stories that haven't been told and centering a piece of actual real life black history that's never really been talked about and then uh, sort of um spiralling out from that and telling a lot of uh, kind of stories about race and about power uh, and about people trying to survive in America even though they used a sort of fictionalised America it was brilliantly acted brilliantly written audaciously directed 
Like we binged it and immediately it went into my top five telly of the year as soon as we finished. And a couple of the episodes were damn near perfect. Like there's an episode where one of our lead characters... Spoiler. Oh, I'll say it a bit more vaguely. Um, One of the episodes has a kind of telling of history through someone seeing someone else's memories. And that is an extraordinary episode of television and an extraordinarily brave, interesting exploration of race in America and some gender politics as well, but it's very powerful. First of all, we came to it late because we attempted to watch it when it first came out on Now TV. We watched it on, it's an HBO series, and it's disturbingly violent from the beginning. And I'm not talking about the kind of violence that we've all got a bit immune to of like... Are we like over superhero re- fictionalised Yeah, violence? it's not like that. It's very explicitly a time, a date. I don't even know if this is in history, but they create this thing. It starts off with a town, Tulsa, which was a very affluent, black-owned business town. And it, there's this one day in history where the KKK comes and just murders everybody, sets fire to everything. The people dragged in the streets and it's mayhem and nobody can defend themselves really. Some people escape, some people have got guns, but they're just overwhelmed. It's basically a complete um, massacre. That's the very first scene in this series and I couldn't watch it. I just found it too disturbing, too horrific, and I just couldn't watch it. So we had another go at it. Let's try again, let's do it. Let's just push through this because it, going to be interesting to see now when it flashes back to the future to the now 2019 when it's the main protagonist is Regina King it's so important to see a black woman in this lead role in a position of power in a position of respect from the other white characters whether that's an FBI agent which we meet later in the series uh, or the Uh, character that Don Johnson plays because they're the ones that often get offended by the racism that happens she doesn't have to be the person that says oh don't call me that name or whatever it's the white people in it who are defending her as well as well as an equal and uh, she doesn't play it over hammy she plays it pretty serious as this superhero Um, and there's a lot of amazing imagery in it Um, that is reflecting of the far-right situation that we've got all over the world at the moment. So it's these women who are, like, putting themselves forward. Of course, there's all the fight scenes and stuff that we expect from sort of superhero movies, but she doesn't have any superpowers, even. She has an amazing outfit, but she doesn't have... She's not like Wonder Woman from another um, dimension. She's not like Captain Marvel. She's literally... A woman. (laughs) So it's a really compelling, well-acted drama. If you're not into superhero stuff, but you quite like historical speculative fiction as well, which we really love, both of all of those genres, what would happen if Robert Redford and not Ronald Reagan becomes president in the 80s and that the people who were suffered in that incident in Tulsa got what they're calling... Redfordations, like re, re, what are they calling it? Yeah, it's that. Yeah, so like like reparations, reparations, but Redfordized. And there's a museum where you can find out like whether you're entitled to these things using a bit of interesting tech. 
It's fascinating. Fascinating film. One of the things that bothers me a lot with some of our people that we know who talk about, they worry about things being too politically correct and they're the people on the left. That is things like this that make you understand why we need things with women at the centre, black women at the centre, so that you can understand why we need those stories told because they've never have been and if people use those phrases like they think it's too far another way and they can't relate well in this there's so many characters and so many different stories being told that hopefully everyone can relate and not just think oh it's a black woman i'm not going to understand it well regina king does an extraordinary job of playing these two roles playing the action hero the kind of quite straightforward sort of sci-fi action caper action hero and then also playing a really complex unfolding character drama at the same time through which she's going through a ton and also plays like two roles even within that because of sister knight her masked police enforcer character not being the same thing as her um she plays a character called angela abel in the daytime or whatever so she's doing this really rounded complex action hero role just so much justice that you can't it's, it becomes impossible to question it doesn't matter it doesn't and then the other um parallel universe thing that happens is that what would have happened if the usa had won the v- vietnam war and that that part of the world became a, another state of america and that's really fascinating and then there's all these people just americans just living there and living their lives and everything becomes like an american diner it's it's a fascinating film and i it's more speculative fiction than anything else i think two little details that i loved in the alternative universe thing one is that the police have to go through a really complex rigmarole to get access to their guns. They can't just carry guns willy-nilly. In fact, their guns, even when they're in their police cars out on the front line, their guns are kind of locked down in a sort of holster and they have to call in a thing before they can get their gun, which is one thing. And then also this whole idea, which underpins a lot of the drama, that the police force is masked and some police officers are not known as being police officers. So our lead character nobody actually knows she's still a police officer because everyone quit after an incident years before and they thought she did as well i love that and it again highlights how some of us get desensitized to seeing brutality in calais in the middle east in the southeast asia and in america when it comes to black and brown people and black and brown bodies we just don't care because of the way that the media portrays that and even Grenfell so the thing about um that is that we're shocked and we're like we're like upset because certain things which I won't give the spoiler happen to the white characters that happened over and over and over and over again to black people in America and people got desensitized to it so that's why it's important it's not less horrific it's just that we've all been desensitized to it also there's a really quirky another narrative going on a a separate story unfolding at the same time that has its own feel that is completely different which is really interesting where jeremy irons is playing this kind of character in a posh what seems to be a kind of a heaven 
and he's got what seem to be clones of people helping him out like his servants and it's really twisted and delicious and kind of slightly hammy um, and in fact if I uh, if there was one for me one slightly duff note in the entire series I'd say it was probably I found Jeremy Irons performance pitched a little bit too scenery chewy compared to everyone else who's really playing it straight but that doesn't matter he's been placed in a separate setting so it would have been hard for him to do it another way really and has such a different kind of directorial language all the way through and it almost feels like it can't connect and then it does and that is but really, then really good. that might be because that is the style of watchman the original the, yeah yeah so i think that is interesting it reminds me a bit of like flash gordon-esque it's almost like so hammy it's a bit like if the old Wonder Woman and the new Wonder Woman met. There are connections with characters from Watchmen, the comic book. There are connection points, but I didn't really remember any of that. So I definitely think you could come to this cold, not really knowing anything about Watchmen, and get a load from it. It works yeah. fantastically well, doesn't it? Some of it, the historical historical stuff, reminded me a little bit of Carnival, that idea of, like... The brutality of a of a world where it's completely lawless, where people are just trying to make a living, and it's all completely you know that everybody's corrupt, including the police. I think you're spot on, but no one listening is going to remember Carnival because it. Was oh like well, a... <laughs> I remember it, and those pundits <laughs> that was that HBO are as well. <laughs> we will remember it fondly. Yes. Right. What next? Christmas Carol. Before we go on to the next thing. (laughs) Yeah. I love spooky Christmas. Very soon, like in the next couple of days, we're going to drop an extra episode. Oh my joy. Before New Year's Eve. So we're going to really have to get our shifty on, given we've been quite slack over the last few weeks. We're going to drop our kind of review of the year and we're going to pick our favourite things from the year of arts, culture, tech and diversity. Tune in for that. The reason I mentioned it, I, it's now gone out of my mind because you're because um, you're doing something funny. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the post bag of complaints that we've got because we haven't done our special. Rufus now pulling the plants out of the plant pots. Um, so listen out for, so look out for an extra episode of Refigure dropping in a couple of days. Tonight, you will not sleep. Come and look upon the evil that you did. The BBC has adapted. The Charles Dickens classic A Christmas Carol, which has become ridiculously ubiquitous every year, and almost the benchmark version these days. If I think about Christmas Carol, the first thing I think about is The Muppets Christmas Carol. But obviously there have been many, many classic films and TV series and all sorts of crazy things about A Christmas Carol. There's a wonderful theatre production of it that's been going on in Brighton that we were supposed to go see and we haven't been to see yet. My favourite is Albert Finney's one. Yeah, so Albert Finney's done it. Um, that was on the telly Boxing Day at the same time that it was on another channel with someone else playing it. I can't remember. Anyway. Um, but this new version has got a whole different take on it, which is to take out the quirk, to take out the kind of comfortable um, Victorian plum pudding Christmas of it 
and create a really brutal kind of realistic costume drama ghost story almost horror story basically make an adult version of Christmas Carol it stars Guy Pearce as Ebenezer Scrooge it's got a fantastic cast of people in it and uh, it was in three parts and I think they screened on consecutive nights although we binged it on the iPlayer Reefer, what did you think of this particular version of A Christmas Carol and also talk about Christmas Carol generally if you want to well <laughs> why are you laughing because I you need I, to punch Buddha in the face when you did that sorry Buddha I flagged up I've given you too much to try what? and chew on like I've, it no a... okay I would tell you my opinion of it I thoroughly enjoyed it uh, it starts with a ch- small child pissing on someone's grave. So that just set the tone. It's shot, not with BBC lighting. Hooray! Therefore, it doesn't look like it's all with a Doctor Who set. It's a brilliantly acted. Um, it, it made me feel like what... Uh, Someone's completely rewritten this like it's a Shakespearean play. It's so good. Um, the music isn't constantly trying to tell you how to feel every five minutes on it there are some really powerful emotional bits to it that will have you holding your breath throughout there's a mine mining accident in it and there's capitalism laid bare and there's a horrible fire in it which people have said um that fire is amazing because it really parallels grenfell knowingly deliberately and there's a bit of where a very privileged person is speaking about people who've been victims of this fire and it parallels what Jacob Rees-Mogg said about the people in Grenfell and basically is a kind of complete reneging of all responsibility. It was very powerful. The whole piece is about capitalism, money, people, exploiting others, which was always the story of Christmas Carol, except you've never seen it like this before the final scenes of it were so um evocative i but so different to the other christmas carols that we know that i almost thought that it's going to have a completely different ending and it in a way it did have a different ending there are women in it who are mixed race which made some of twitter get their racism on where they were saying that it's, again, politically correct. And it's funny, isn't it? I don't know what that even means. There's a Twitter account called Whores of Yore, which dug out loads of photos of mixed-race people, couples, in the Victorian times. And, of course, England was teeming with black and uh, brown people in the Victorian era. Read a bloody book. Internet. Anyway... (laughs) I enjoyed it very much. I had a lot of feelings in it. It was really incredible performances in it, especially old Scrooge. The ghosts were scary AF. That's all I'm saying. Watch it at your peril. (laughs) It's got Andy Serkis in it as one of the ghosts, and he really does a great job of doing, doing Andy Serkis, like doing that scary, menacing ghostly vibe he is a great creature actor 
but he doesn't step it over the top into being pantomime or into being too theatrical. He actually gets the balance exactly right. Also, uh, who's it plays uh, Jacob Marley? Stephen, Stephen Graham plays Jacob Marley. And again, it is a very grimy, fulsome... As you said, like the first thing that happens to him is he gets he gets woken up in his coffin by urine dripping through to his face, and yet he still he brings real pathos to that role of Jacob Marley's ghost, desperate to get Ebenezer Scrooge to feel some remorse and uh, repent of his sins because if he doesn't, both of them are damned to hell. And so it's the same story, but those added layers made did make a real difference, didn't they? There was a very good bit in it where you find out why Scrooge is like he is. In the Albert Finney version, Scrooge is like he is because he got his heart broken on Christmas Day or Christmas time or something. There was always some bloody woman's fault, right? In this version, there's a much, much darker, horrible, disturbing reason why Scrooge is like he is. Well, even that is done brilliantly because it's disturbing enough that what they could have done is made that the denouement, the kind of climax, and used that as an excuse. They could have said, look, this horrible thing happens to young Scrooge, and that's why he is like he is, and so we forgive him. And they didn't. They got rid of it quite early on in the piece. He's still with the sort of first ghost. And the very point they make is that, that it doesn't excuse you what you've done, what's happened to you. And that is done so well for a kind of... uh, We have lowered our expectations generally about BBC productions so much now. So often they're disappointing. So often they come with loads of fanfare. And they just, like, for example, we've finished His Dark Materials. I know we've moaned about it a couple of times without reviewing it properly. But it was not great. It had some lovely performances and people worked hard in it. But it didn't... It had that exact thing. And this... I tell you what this reminded me of, which I don't think you saw, was that show Taboo with Tom Hardy in it. Although they're set in slightly different eras historically. But it had that dirtiness to it the universe felt lived in and populated the ghost stories felt really unnerving and ghostly Mm. and then also the morality had levels of complexity to it and didn't just go oh here's a simple answer people love this sort of stuff don't they like like peaky blinders or game of thrones it's like without compromising the story itself they've given him so much more depth than before well i won't spoil it but it's like he just doesn't have any remorse at all for all the atrocities that he he's got blood on his hands the whole way through well also for some of it he yes. justifies as a man of reason like i'm a oh, man yes. of science That's and it. reason he's also got some ticks like he gets obsessed with like the people making noise outside so he starts like counting how many times the rag and bone men shouts out how many times uh, someone else shouts something and he's got all the numbers in his head all the time and that becomes like this thing about him to like remember things in detail and stick to logic and not sentimentality and that's what's really key it's like they've given him a whole backstory that we never contemplated and he's not like this cartoon character that just like just just wakes up and goes oh i'm alive you know which is what normally happens and really trite so that is A Christmas Carol on the BBC, which you can now watch on the iPlayer if you've got access to the iPlayer. And before that, we talked about Watchmen, the TV series, which we saw on Now TV. It's an HBO Sky thing, so I don't know how you'll get to see that. 
apart from having now tv well some people get hbo don't they yeah it's true yeah it's probably on sky atlantic or something atlantic but it's happened so i don't know you could steal it you could like what can't tell people to do we can we're not we're not uh, beholden can i just say that at my family at christmas i beat everybody at scrabble in the first go i put down a seven letter word and i got 77 well done what are you reading for? 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 Well, for Christmas this year, I got, I'm such a lucky girl, I got five books from friends and family. And one of my favourites, which I have already halfway through and I haven't been able to put down, is Ursula Le Guin's No Time to Spare, which is her blog writing oh hugely prolific writer a poet she mainly wrote fantasy novels but her blog is the idea is in her 80s she started this blog oh so it's specifically a kind of blog in old age yes brilliant she talks about the absurdity of denying how old you are so if you're 90 and believe you're 45 you're headed for a very bad time trying to get out of the bathtub. She's very funny. Talks sometimes about very um, lowbrow stuff, like her cat getting a kitten and the cat, how kittens behave. But because her prose is so beautiful and these are complete essays, they always have this really amazing conclusion as well. A raging feminist as well, like all good people are. And so she might talk about the great American novel and about what that actually means and about language around the word greatness and what a great American means, usually a great American man, for example. Or she might talk about the job of art. In one of her essays, she talks about how people sometimes write to her and ask her about work that she's done, you know, or characters or whatever. And if they come from children, that's something different. Her job as a fiction writer is to write fiction but not to review it. And art isn't explanation. Art is what an artist does, not what an artist explains. Anyway, she's well clever. You should read this book. It's Ursula K. Le Guin, No Time to Spare. Thank you very much, Steph Paws, our dear friend oh, on yeah. the Isle of Man, who sent us a couple of books for Christmas, and that was one of them. What are you reading? Well, this week I haven't been reading. I've been playing a video game from 2016 on my phone. Ooh, this is the tech bit of the podcast. <laughs> it's the only tech bit of the season. I had a I had a meeting with some guys. There's a guy called Adnan, who's really nice, who was in this meeting. We ended up talking about these sort of uh, kind of small arty video games really creative vivid video games that you can play on your phone or whatever a few years ago i loved the game limbo which is kind of a horror puzzle game and he said oh they've done this the same company Playdead, did another game in 2016 called inside and so i bought it for my phone and i've been playing it over the christmas break it's a horror dystopian puzzle platform game where you start out as a small boy and you are running away from people trying to get you but you end up kind of trying to liberate a city full of zombies who are being controlled by evil evil forces to do their work for them and uh, you just face peril at every corner so some of the puzzles are trying to get further into the game and some of the puzzles are just trying to get through a level surviving and it's genuinely unsettling you get killed by really mundane things like dogs catch you and 
eat you or someone shoots you and you die. It's just really mundane stuff. But then further on in the game, you, there are these very elaborate... You can swim and you can swim underwater and you can drown and you can do all these things. And at some point you're in a submarine and and then it gets very grotesque and almost uh, David Cronenberg-ish towards the end. And I loved it. I've had an amazing, very immersive time playing this little game on my phone. And that's what I've done instead of reading a book this week. Wow. So that's Play Dead's Inside, which you can get on any, whatever you play games on. I really, I thought, isn't it just iOS? No, in fact, it came to iOS later than everything else. So it was out in 2016 on most systems, but it was only out in 2017 on iOS. Very, very good. There's still time to sign up to my 30-day challenge for meditation starts on the 1st of January I'll send you a meditation every day I'll put the link on the Facebook and the Instagram and the other thing and the other thing and the other thing it's looking great loads of people signed up I was really impressed you're doing a very good job Reefer. thanks and if you want to sign up to my email zine thing that's called The Border Crossing you can go to lofiarts.substack.com or you can just check me out on any of my socials and there's a link in all the bios to my email, which is going to become my main method of communicating with the world over the next, well, starting now, really. Um, starting from now? It's called The Border Crossing. It's a regular email. And what are all our social activities? So you can find Refigure at facebook.com slash refigurepod. Visit us there give us a follow and a like and chat about what we've talked about you can also find us on twitter at refigurepod that's at refigurepod on twitter and finally on instagram we are at refigureuk on instagram so that's instagram.com slash refigureuk come and find us on the socials thanks to everybody who sent us a christmas card oh it was really lovely we've had a great time thank you so much for being part of our festive splurge and uh, stay alert for another refigure in the next couple of days where we'll review the year goodbye goodbye Bye.